Hello, friends. Thank you once again for tuning in to Just Another Broke Producer. Um, I'm a little hungover today, if I'm being perfectly honest, because I was out drinking yesterday with, well, the guy who happens to be our next guest in this episode. And, and you know, it was a lot of fun, and we had a lot of laughs, just like this episode. Lots of... Uh, Interesting things to take away, I hope, but in the end, it was really a, it's a good time, so sorry I'm short on my intro, but my next guest today is Ken. Ken plays bass in The Otherhood, a band out here in Madrid, also is a very talented videographer, makes a lot of really dope videos and content and stuff like that, so um, you know the drill, grab a beer. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Ken. What's up, Mike? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Welcome sir. to Just Another Broke Producer. As is tradition here, we like to start off with a little shot to uh, kind of get the juices going. So, Do you know what this is or what just going for? It's it? a mystery, mystery <laughs> shot. Let's do it. Oh, this just some just some whiskey. This reminds me of some free club entry. Uh, free club entries. <laughs> do you remember those? <laughs> do you remember clubs? Oh, do you man. remember clubs? I have gotten to the age where I'm just like I don't. I didn't want to go to clubs anymore. I was like, I'll go to my friend's house, and now I'm like, if someone was like, hey, we're going to club on Friday, but like, I'm there. I'm there for the whole night. Oh yeah, just one night, just one night in this life. Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, the 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 quarantine has kind of helped me accept the fact that I don't need to party every weekend, like <laughs> a little bit. But um, I wish it was available. I wish it was there, like when you know when it's needed. There's those there's those moments. Having the option to say no is nicer than not having the option at all. Yes, yes, yes. So. Well, I'm sure there's an interesting reason why um, your journey has ended you up here in Spain. You you're from the UK originally, like where whereabouts? So I was. I, and, and make sure to bring that mic a little bit closer. Oh yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So uh, I I was born in London and lived on the outskirts for a number of years. Uh huh. And decided to come to Spain, Madrid specifically, for three months. Just to experience life. I just wanted to experience Spanish life. Classic mistake. Exactly, because it's been six years and <laughs> my dad is still like, so how's it going? I'm like, it's going. It's, it's going. It's going. No plans of going back anytime soon, but it's going. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, in terms of music wise, I had been in bands since I guess what, the age of 16? What was, what was like, take me back there because... Um, I'm sure my, like <clears throat> my band life in Arizona playing like in screamo and emo, uh, hardcore bands might've been a little bit of a different scene when you were 16 playing in bands. What, what was, what was, uh, the town scene like back then? So how do I explain it? I, <clears throat> at the age of what? Yeah, no, 15, 16, I was obsessed by drums and I, I think I played in like three different bands. We didn't like do shows. We just played in, in school. And it was basically when things like Blink-182, Sum 41 uh, were popular. So I was just playing, I was playing rock yeah. and punk and just smashing a drum kit all day, every day. So you started out on the, on the drums? I actually started out on piano. Started out on piano when I was 11 mm -hmm. and then found that I could basically beat this instrument over and over again and people called it music and I was like, oh, I'm going to do drums. Uh, I think I started drums when I was 14 and got into a band when I was like 16. Um, and I enjoyed it. Like, it was really good fun. I think I played probably two gigs as a drummer, maybe three, if that. Yeah. And it was good fun. It was good fun. But the, the, the era or the kind of space that we were in was very much just like punk rock. 
like how how do the how would the that function like the like if you were 16 you're in a band like how would you go about finding a show like getting booked for shows back in like your town so that was the main reason why i was a drummer there was a shortage of drummers like where i lived and there was tons there's tons of guitarists everywhere yeah so uh the guitarist i knew had already started applying to uh what do you what would you call them we call them what do we call them what do we call them they're like clubs, and there's a name for them, I can't remember the name, but they were these clubs for, for vets, basically. Um, and they would go to these clubs and say, look, we can play a repertoire of Kiss or of whatever old band kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they would apply to all of these clubs and one out of five would say, yeah. And then on Saturday night, they're like, here's 40 pounds, played two hours long. And at 16, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. You know, like for, for me, um, I remember... I don't know why, but it was like every pizza joint in town wanted to have a live band. Really? <laughs> really? Like the thing was, hey, we're playing, uh, we're playing Smokey's Pizza. <laughs> I think, I think actually the, the the actual name was Big Benny's. Yeah. But but you were this is when you were sixteen. Yeah, this was in high this, school. You're living the dream. You get to play and get given free oh, pizza. Oh yeah, yeah, they gave you free pizza afterwards. It's incredible. It was. That was the highlight of my music career. I was playing for sixty-year-old <laughs> men who were like, "I fought in the army," and you're like, "Were you in the war?" And they're like, "I fought in the army. I fought other countries." And you're like, "I think you've had too much to drink, and you need to stop asking me to play weird songs." Like, so yeah, that reality sounds a lot better. That that is that is an interesting. Well, hey, actually, that's an interesting. Um, like. It's kind of an interesting way to start your like crowd reception with, um, you know, World War Two vets and <laughs> people are just like like coming to the like the the community center to. I mean, one one of the things like I I, I remember talking um, you know with with uh, Mickey when he was on here is like you know your first DJ gigs and how. Cause, cause you've DJed before too, right? You do a bit, Done of, a bit DJing. of DJing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I want to get into that, <laughs> but how like how so many people um, now, like if you if you have kind of a name or you kind of got like a big yeah. following or a social media following, you could just you know Spain's kind of guilty of this, at least Madrid. You could just kind of hop on some decks and and play, and you don't really get that whole. Um, like zero reception from the crowd, like everyone hates you type of a thing. And I think that's a really good way to kind of break you down and yeah. form that artist shell. Yeah. <laughs> you just brought back, you unlocked some memories that I didn't know I had. Let's get into it. <laughs> so what, yeah, like what, like your first demeaning experience, just what? So the band that I was with the longest, I think from age 18, 19, more or less till 23, something like that. Um, Shout outs to Offbeat South. They were that was a band that I was in for a long time, and um, we did a gig, and they were expecting us to do. I don't know what they were expecting us to do, to be honest. But we played our own music, which was basically R and B, hip hop, grime, a mix of basically the stuff that we liked. Mm-hmm. And I remember us playing. We've been playing for a while together, so you kind of get this confidence that like we play the song, and this is the reaction. Yeah. And the lowest level of reaction is people kind of clap along, but that's still okay. And we've done this this concert at, um, where was it? It was in the middle of, it was a festival, but it wasn't like marketed really, really well. So there was like probably like 30 people, but they expected like 200. Hmm. And the fact that there was such a lack of, this is what I'm saying anyway, the fact there was such a lack of a crowd, they weren't into the concept of a festival. So we played our introduction song, which is like really hype and like everyone's gonna get up and normally people are like, oh cool, these guys are something different. And the crowd just stared at us. And I remember being stood there. At that point, I was playing bass and being like, man, there is nothing you could do right now besides finish this song and hope the next one is better. And it was, it's yeah, like, it breaks you. You get that, um, it, it, it's like this this immediate rush of like uh, hot flashes that just go through your, your the, go through your whole body and you're just like, oh my God, I'm blowing it right now. Yeah. I'm blowing it. <laughs> And and the hardest part might not part be your is, fault at all either. Yeah. But that's the hardest part. You can't in that moment you can't make that decision. You can't be like 
have that kind of brain or that mindset to be like, you know what, it's okay, it's just a phase or it's just a song or it's just a moment. You're like, yo, we're doing a terrible job and these people are showing us physically. Like, there's no bone in their body that wants to move. Like, what else can you do? And it's like, you try and add it into more bass licks and try and make the song more fun. And the harder you try, the worse it gets in that moment. Yeah, yeah, because, and, and this also kind of applies like when you're DJing to a crowd and they're not responding. It's just like, you try to go for like your desperate hits folder or something like that. <laughs> and it's almost like they, they like know that you're struggling because you know, you're, you're just like cutting songs out really quick and you're going in with like yeah. a shitty, you know, or like a known song, but it, it doesn't, it just doesn't fit the, the moment. It's, it's, a, it's a nightmare. I think the point that you made that it's it is character building. If you have a terrible gig, the future gigs that you do, you put way more thought into them. Right. Which is positive and negative, but still, it does help you kind of rearrange your thoughts around things. Yeah, you you have to experience like the low points, you know, to in order to have any sort of. Well, first of all, it's really humbling. Oh, I think yeah. that's. I think that's kind of the main thing that we, you know. Like, I don't know, as artists, I kind of get, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of the ego when you're mm. killing it and stuff. And you kind of need one of those days to just put you back down on earth and oh, be yeah. like, ooh, you know, these people aren't feeling that. Exactly. exactly. I, I had a I had to play a festival on a farm once, which was a... You went from pizzas... To farms. <laughs> to this, farms. It, it just reminded me, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, like, going back to the 16-year-old days... Um, Cause like, I don't know. Did, did I mean w with any of your bands? Did you legit like think you were going to make it with one of them? Oh, every single one. Yeah, yeah. You're like this every, is every every single one. I've become a cynic in my old age, but like every single one. Like I've I've played in. I don't know how many bands I've played in, but every single one that I was in, I was like, one day we're gonna make so much money from this. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this. We had. We, I used to live like buy like an old dairy farm and one of the one of the kids that i went to high school with owned this land or his parents on the this like farm and they, yeah. would, they would throw this uh festival every year and it would get crazy i mean it was it was cool um a couple of big bands like broke out of that but um but we were like the opening slots you know and nobody i remember you know you telling your crush like hey you want to come see my band play at this <laughs> festival like I remember it was the big screamo band at my that went to my high school was Scary Kids Scaring Kids. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I no, I'm, <laughs> the name sounds incredible. No, the, the, I mean they were they were big for like that that screamo phase. And um, yeah, I remember when when we showed up to play, like we were playing like on top of like this haystack. <laughs> so you were literally playing like on, in a barn, basically. Yeah, no, it was like yeah, it was like a field, and they put some like barrels of hay out, and you put like the like a wood on top, of it and you had a stage, you know, so you were above the crowd, kind of a thing. It was, yeah. Haystacks are really like they're they're very sturdy, yeah, like, yeah very yeah. very sturdy. It was a it was a regular hoedown going, <laughs> but with screamo. Wait, this image is a lot right now. Mm. Oh yeah, it goes back. So so flash forward, you're here in Madrid now, and. You're actually playing in, in my opinion, one of the coolest live acts in the Thank city. You, you know, because um, I don't, I, I've yet to see a bad, uh, you know, CJ in the other hood or brother CJ. You know, anytime I've gone to one of those shows, now I haven't been to all of them, so maybe there was a bad one. No. Again, I guess with growth and time, what I would consider bad, a lot of people wouldn't. No. And like, there's people that have been to a lot of contests. They're like, oh, we really like that. And I'm like, that was the worst song of the whole night. <laughs> but not because the song itself was bad, because we didn't play it the way we would rehearsed. Yeah. But you guys, um, you offer this kind of, it, it, I mean, there really is no like international hip hop scene out here. You know, like mm. most, most international artists don't really come through Madrid most of the time. Um, you know, it, like, going out to clubs, it's hard to find music like that. And so going to those shows, because also because you guys do like a really cool cover session where, yeah. you, where you play it, where you just like drop hit after hit. And the like, medleys. Yeah, yeah, the medleys. And it's fun. It's it's so it's so cool. So I'm, I'm curious though, because um, like, you know, half of the musicians that I've met, um, like that are, you know, uh, from the States or from the UK and stuff are like, 
friends of, of CJ and that's how kind of I met you. And so yeah. how did, how did you guys kind of get connected? So it's the band, the way the band got started, funnily enough, is actually how CJ and I met. I didn't like, know CJ. You need to drink more. Okay. <laughs> We're going for it. Mm. 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 I'm, I'm almost done with this one, so. Oh man, this man said it's a race. It's a race to the finish. That bottle is going. All right. Yeah, here. Here we go. Man, you are pulling out the London in me 400%. It's been six years since I drink like that, drank like this. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right, so yeah, I didn't know CJ before the band. In fact, we became friends, we became best friends after joining the band. And what happened was CJ posted on Facebook uh, a post basically saying, hey, uh, I'm an American rapper, I'm looking for musicians, instrumentalists, vocalists to join a band, let me know if you're about it. And there was a bunch of responses to that post. I got tagged by another friend to say, hey, this guy's looking for people, you play bass, jump in. Um, and there was 12 of us that turned up at, um, Kyle's house, a friend of us, Kyle's. Was it like a, like a tryout type it of was, thing? It was, it was, it felt like a tryout until we got there. Like CJ in like a chair, just like, <laughs> With a cigar. next please. <laughs> no, we all just. What's your name? Ken? Okay. <laughs> the funniest thing about it was CJ literally said, basically there's going to be 12 of us attending this tryout meeting and my house isn't big enough. And Kyle who was one of the guys that was trying out, was like, we can host it in my house. So he's been kind enough to offer up his house, told people to just rolled in, and we just spent three hours talking, drinking, catching up, meeting like new people, and we make this band. And it was great, it was good fun, but it was a band that had opera, rock, funk, hip hop, grime, R&B, every single song was completely different. And as a bassist, I was like, I need to study way more because there's stuff that I've never touched before. Hmm. So that band, after a while, kind of died down. Oh, excuse me. The band kind of died down. And um, it was reborn as Brother CJ and the Otherhood. Hmm. And during that process of the band dying down and the new band being reborn, uh, that's how CJ and I became really close friends because we started talking more about like our experiences with music and the amount of times that we'd failed basically and how we really had like this this vision of it being something more more his vision than anything because he's he's mm -hmm. a visionary literally a visionary and um we just started hanging out like hey you're a cool person hey you're a cool person and and that's how we kind of got to know each other and then playing in a band together was just right it was just it, it made sense right and, and and you see it, you know, you, you see it on stage. I mean, the, the chemistry is always there. Like the the vibe is 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 amazing, and and like especially anyone that you know from Madrid. I I know you guys kind of had a. I don't think you're doing it anymore, but you had a short stint at Costa, right? And and that's. Yes. Um, I mean, that 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 was a cool gig. One because it was there was not much going on during quarantine. Exactly, yeah. But also because of the like the kind of, like the like the kind of exposure you guys could get there because there was a lot of Costa has a lot of of I want to people. I was gonna say yeah, in people. I was gonna say influencers, but I want to say people who have who have influence is probably yeah. more accurate in the sense yeah, like, of like they, like people who are in it in the in the scene, you know, exactly. Like that stuff. And what was what like what was that? Did you notice like a really kind of immediate, um, uh, like like I don't know, response to your guys' stuff when you when you start going there? Like, did you start meeting a lot of people? It felt like you got plugged into that. I guess the measure in this twenty twenty one that we're in now is more social media than in person. Because in person, someone come up to you and say, "Hey, really enjoyed this," or "Hey, it was yeah. a great gig," whatever, and that's as far as it goes. You won't really get an offer there and then. Yeah. Um, but in terms of social media, we got like loads more interaction, loads of people following, loads of people messaging to ask about us and what we do and 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 where we were from. And it was really nice to see that because it's kind of like, hey, we've been on social media, not active, active, but we've been on there for for a number of years and nothing's really happened. And then we start doing these concerts and people are reposting our staff and they're posting stories about us and all of a sudden there's this kind of influx of people who are just like hey we saw you in x person story you guys are awesome and it's like you weren't even you don't even, you don't even live in madrid and yeah. you you like you're a fan so like yeah we want to next time we're in madrid or once covid is over we want to come and see you live and it's like this is this is 
ego boost through the roof. This is incredible. Uh, I like, love this. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was, you know, in that, in, that, in that situation, I think, with you guys and the other hood and... Um, I mean, that, that was just a matter of, it's just a matter of being, you know, in the right stage, like at the, mm. you know, right time. I mean, it, it is a, it is kind of a, a bummer because like, I don't think that the, the, the scene here is like craving the, like the kind of international hip hop, like they are in the United States or in the UK and stuff like that. We can, we can get into that for days. Yeah. That specific topic. Yeah, because, you know, and, it, and it's a struggle. I think, um, and I mean, I've been here for like, oh, fuck, like nine years now. Damn. Yeah, like it's a minute. But that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm super, well, especially with what's going on in the States now, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about I'm that. I'm making no comments no, because, no, again, no that's, that's, that's we got left. But what I wanted to, you know, when I first arrived in Madrid, you there totally was a little bit of kind of, um, oh, I'm from the States, so I know more about, you know, music than you Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but there's, you know, there's, 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 okay, to a certain degree, I don't think it's incorrect to say that that is somewhat valid. Right. And the reason behind that being exactly what you said before, that there there isn't a huge necessity for international bands. There isn't a necessity for international groups, sounds. Music here is stagnant in the sense that it's predominantly uh, reggaeton. It's kind of pushed out more than anything. Um, flamenco. Those are your two top genres. Mm -hmm. You go to places like the States, and depending on what state you're in, yeah. An art, a specific artist is driving the force of, of, mm. of how things are, or how people are listening to things. But people into the different artists, and like it's, there's so many different kind of subcategories. In Spain, it's kind of just like two big umbrellas. You're into the old school flamenco, mm -hmm. or you're into the new school flamenco, which is now flamenco reggaeton, your Rosalias, for example. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you get a band like The Otherhood, or you get a band that is um, doing something different, it's not that people people are surprised by it, but it's not that they want it, right? Um, yeah, and it also kind of goes. I, like I don't think they know what they necessarily want. It's kind of more of exactly. you know it, it all. It always usually ends up being you. You and this is why um, like the DJ scene is a, a bit tough, is because you know people go out to party to be with their friends, not necessarily to go see cool new acts or you know mm. whatever. Mm. Um, go it, discover new music. And getting into that, you were famously a party organizer for <laughs> some so type of Erasmus. <laughs> I was. Now, the, I played for Erasmus kids. Let's, let's, for our American audiences who don't know what, uh, and there is no audience here. <laughs> there is an audience. But um, if you're American, what is an Erasmus student? Because I think you have a better insight on that than anyone. The, the, the easiest definition of an Erasmus student is someone who has a, who is studying abroad so someone yeah. who's at university they spend a year and they study in a different country and they, and they come to Spain for tapas <laughs> <laughs> this, li this list is about to get dangerous I'm listening I'm, tapas, right now I'm listening reggaeton <laughs> and uh, what else what else well <laughs> in my experience no I think they just go. They, they they just hear that Spain like parties till six in the morning. Exactly. And and and, and they don't stop. Like. If if you've come for Erasmus, the, the biggest for me, the biggest issue with Erasmus is like you're not coming to learn. You're not coming to study. You're not coming to learn. And the funniest part is most people who come from other countries they realize the bar is a lot higher in Spain for studies. Study wise, Spain is like really about grabbing textbooks and studying. Um, but but because it doesn't it doesn't really affect their final grade, they're like, well, I have to attend these classes, yeah. And attending doesn't mean I have to be sober. So that's where you get these partying to six in the morning, lecture at nine in the morning, and I'm there for an hour and I go home and sleep. There is literally a like, you know, a, a whole economy based off of the Erasmus oh. students. I mean, it is it's money is being made. Money is being made. It is. I mean, they're the vultures, like the piranhas in the squares looking for fresh 
foreign me just to like take them to the club. Hey, you kids like parties? You guys like free shots? I'm seeing a man in a van with candy in his hand. It's basically the same. It's the same feeling. You just are like, I mean, if you're not, if you're it, like, I, I, like, I have the, 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 the European face, you know, like the, you know, like mm. the giddy face, like the kind of, that's what they call uh, anyone who's uh, foreign. Us gringos, like, yeah, foreign. Um, basically, the, they're, they see you out there, you know, you're walking, you're speaking English. Like, oh, that one is a speaking big one, English, yeah. it's just like, come, come, get in this club, walk in this club right now, come in, come and in this club. walk in, and it's kind of like, have you ever been to Las Vegas? Have you ever? No, but I need to do it because my, the vision I have of it is hangover, and apparently it's not really that. Well, right now it's really depressing. Okay, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. Nobody's. <laughs> Nobody's there. Really? I. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I, I. I think it's like they're literally begging you to come in and and you know like spend. But I don't know. Um, that's yeah. I mean, uh, this, I'm interested in seeing both sides. Yeah, we gotta any any place you want to travel now, like to kind of get experience. Actually, though, for for me, not wanting to like, I don't really like doing the whole tourist thing and like the big crowds and stuff. I might have a great time out in Vegas now. Like I might just be like, Oh wow. Like everyone's so friendly and like they, they want you to be there and there's no crowds in you or lines. I guess the, the biggest thing is when you go on holiday, when you go out of your own country or, or wherever it is that you live, you're going to do something that you like to do. So if you're from what I know about Vegas into gambling or living a fast life, then you can switch gears and go to Vegas, do that for two weeks and come back. If that's not you, you're gonna have a terrible time. That's my understanding. I mean, no, I mean, you could go do, you could go get really funny in, in Vegas, you know, with your friends. Funny is a good word, I like that. <laughs> you can I get like really, funny. You can get really silly in, in Vegas <laughs> with your friends and not touch a slot machine. Um, <sighs> that was usually why we, cause I didn't have any money when I went to Vegas, so like, and you still had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Was, I need to go to Vegas. I've been waiting all this time. I thought I needed money. No, and clearly it hasn't happened. No, you just need um, Vegas. Uh, you know, maybe some, like a random uh, line of cocaine in the back alley. Where <laughs> this man said the words. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, but you need to go with friends and, and, and yeah, get crazy. But I'm not now. Not now. No, now nah, I mean, I don't have really, really have any plans of traveling. But I do like seeing the contrast of things. I do like seeing the Madrid now versus the Madrid two years ago, for example. The Erasmus, the life that are living before. Yeah. Like going back a little bit. But the Erasmus lifestyle from beforehand mm -hmm. compared to now, apparently it's the same. Only there's more house parties, but we're just too old and we're not invited anymore. Yeah, we're we're, we're like the weird, oh yeah, old guys. We're the vets. We people now. There's kids, the, the the kids that you was no, the kids, the the we're the old men that are sat at the back in those pizza places that you were performing at and at those um, uh, community centers that yeah. I was performing at. We're those old men now, come saying, hey, can you play? Justin Timberlake, sexy back, please. And they're like, we don't know how to <laughs> play that. I don't understand this music. <laughs> Turn it down. What is this? That, like, I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm in my 30s, but, I, well, I do. When I wake, <laughs> like, tomorrow I'm going to feel like a... Your back feels like it's in the 30s. Yeah, but, you know, you, then you then you actually, like, go see, like, a, like a group of kids that go to the club or something. You're like, Jesus, like, they're young. Yes, yeah, nice. So, yeah, so, like, the Erasmus kids... Um, I mean, I used to live in an Erasmus house. I'm uh, so sorry. I am awful. so sorry. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, worst six months of my life. <laughs> I think there's a, there's, a, there's a time and a place for that, and that's 19 to 24? 24 that, might be a little... I, I know a couple 24-year-olds that, like, yeah, it's, it's still their life. For me, it stopped pretty early. Like, but you, when you were DJing there, um, I mean, do you notice anything... Different. I mean, did you do Erasmus when you were? No, I never. Like my university was three years in Brighton, and it was honest to God, I would go back and do those three years. I I, I do it tomorrow. Hmm. I I would, I would honestly do it tomorrow. Um, because yeah, it was incredible. But I, never, I, didn't, I, I didn't have any a... need. I didn't know about Erasmus. I didn't know there was an opportunity to go abroad. I studied Spanish at school, so I knew there was opportunity to 
do things after university, but during university, you had no idea that you could. And what are those? Like, what's that party like? I mean, you have to like. It's basically just DJing like the same one hundred songs all night type of a thing. And... Do you know what? I, um, so for context, I was an event organizer, which basically meant that I was really deep looking to the, the analytics of each night and seeing how things worked, but more so what things didn't work. And yeah, it's true, you need to have a repertoire of songs that people like, but you also need to blend in songs that people might not be onto yet, even though they will be popping in two, two three weeks. And yeah, because you get a little bit more international crowd and they're kind of looking for Exactly. Some... So we had um, a whole bank of DJs from all over the place, hmm. but the main DJ was Spanish, a guy called DJ Omar. And he was incredible because hmm. he would honestly say, look, I have all kinds of music and I could play whatever I want, but what I like isn't what works here. Right. So what I'm going to do is each week I'm going to work on my playlist and throw in new things. And this this guy would spend hours yeah. on his playlist. And on the night, we could throw him a curveball and be like, hey, by the way, um, people have a new trend has come out, whatever. People are really asking for this song. And he's like, luckily I have it because I've been doing my research. And he'd play it, but like not many DJs are like that. That makes it that makes such a huge uh, difference. Um, like for for the longest time, I was I was DJing uh, at like a local club, and and it got it was it, it was just like the hits. Like let's just play the familiar stuff. And I started playing, and then they moved me into the. They eventually moved me into the big room, like to play for like everyone. Mm. And I started to realize really quickly that you. They're not gonna just let um, same set slide every every single you time, can't. and and I was one of the few ones that was doing you know doing that kind of research. And you, I don't know, you get, I mean, it's really important to be on top of like trends and and you know like what is, you know, and it gets faster and faster. It gets faster every and faster. month, not every year. Like and it's... a song burns out in like two weeks. Exactly, that's the scary part. Because you could just drop the song that you thought was like cool, like Meg the Stallion, body yada yada is gonna be <laughs> burnt out. I'm upset you didn't do the, the dance when you said that. By the time that I upload this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> no, it will be. It's sure. I think it's died out now. To be honest, yeah, no. like it's not in any memes. That's meme culture, though. Meme culture is kind of it's it's finite. It's very finite. Right. So okay. So where. One of yeah, you know, one of the interesting things, um, and because late, lately I've been noticing that you've been uploading a lot of these like really cool videos. Oh, you know, thank you, sir. Yeah, and I, you know, I've just been wondering um, how important it is for an artist to to do the like. How important is it for an artist to do these types of things? just to get some recognition because I feel like you're <laughs> it's like you're you're literally cutting through a I don't know a, a, like just a stampede like uh, uh you know an ocean full of of noise yeah that's a, that's a very accurate description and how do you cut through with um with your music and I don't think and I think we've reached I mean maybe this I mean this is probably extremely uh old to talk about but like you the, the artists who are doing this and making stuff even though i look at it and i see it's like oh this is kind of gimmicky yeah. you know they're the ones that are cutting through and they're gaining new fans and they're gaining lots of fans and so <laughs> yeah. as, a, as, a, as a videographer because mm. you do videos yeah how how do you see like where what parallels do you see between that and like artists who want to cut through the noise so as a creative in general you have your brand your image your style your voice um when someone thinks of dwyer they think of a certain area of music same with mickey same with the other hood same with whoever it might be skrillex for example like immediately dubstep comes to your mind so the same thing happens with videography the same thing happens with with uh, artists who use canvases you really need to work on what is you. Yeah. Then coupling that with like what's an active trend, that is where you find 
your voice versus what's currently trending and you putting those two, two, two things together, that's where the real work happens. Yeah. So to kind of keep up with everyone else and cut through the noise, you've got to find a really good balance of, this is who I am. This is what the trend is. How do I put those two things together? Right. I was, I was, I, I remember I, I got like super stoned the other night mm. and I was just like laying in bed and I was just thinking about the fact that, um, you know, one, one of the, one of the main roadblocks that I think a lot of artists have is like, I don't want to, I don't want to do something that goes against my, you know, like my, my vision, my yeah. direction, you know, and it's very, it's very easy to, to, to kind of think like, oh, um, you know, I have a very strict sound that I'm going for. I, I you know, whatever, very interesting aesthetic and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. like artistic vision that I want to do. But then again, you see some guy make a fucking meme and, and it gets like a million views on TikTok or something. And then that guy's... You know, I mean, it's, it's like a dumb song and, and you, whatever. You can become famous for something that was unintentional. The Have you seen this guy? Um, if you say Lubalin. Yes. <laughs> I knew the it was going to be Internet drama. So he is, I am a huge fan of his. And more so, I made the effort, because it's an effort, to go to his Spotify and check out his other stuff. Because okay. He's an incredible musician. Like he knows. Right. When you hear the song, music. you realize that this guy is. It's not just some dude making a, a, a meme. Like there is fantastic production behind it. Artistry behind it. Yes, four hundred percent. It's very hard to please an audience in 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 this generation, in this age, twenty twenty, where TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat in the states. Um, are very much active and keeping up with trends is very, 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 very hard. If someone finds you as a producer because of a meme that went viral, mm -hmm. they only expect you to create content like that meme. Right. And this is where going back to that point from before where you have to find a balance between your voice and that kind of meme world yeah. and make that work. And if you don't, a lot of people will drop off and that's, it's kind of scary. Hard. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's hard. It's difficult. Because um, in in Lubalin's case, Lubalin is that? His name? I have no idea. He's never said his name, but yeah. Um, shout out to him. He's incredible. Like I, yeah, huge fan. Like, but huge fan, not just because of music. The videography is exquisite. Is the adjective we're going to use? It's incredible. It literally haunts me in my dreams. Like when I wake up in the morning, I have the fucking song stuck in my head. You're sleeping. <laughs> hey, is this available? <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck? This is so good. It was. Yeah. It's like the best. Um, it's probably the best content on on social media right now. But yeah. I was. But um, but then, but then, yeah. How much crossover? Because the guy, it, it it's amazing to see the. He went from a, a, a ten, maybe like ten thousand or twenty thousand followers or something like that. Like he's got three hundred thousand now. He had so so when he released Internet Drama Part One, he didn't have on Instagram specifically. He didn't have that many followers. When he released Part Two, which is the one that went viral, which is the one that the We Are Sleeping uh, one, he went from four hundred followers to thirty thousand in I think twenty four hours. Jesus. Um, and then I guess a week later, I'm, I mean me in the profession that I'm in, very much into analytics and marketing and things like that. And um, he's doing the right thing. He uh, was about to release a, a song called Long Text, which he's released now, which is a huge fan of that as well. Um, he so then you, released that. And, and you think th that um, releasing something like, like that is going to also, I mean, I guess in the sea of new followers that you have at least a few people are going to go and check out your new music and things like so that here's what he did which i think is genius and if if i get to meet him if i ever meet him in real life i'll shake his hand for it because i love it he made a 15 second promo or 30 second promo on tiktok and, and, and instagram um where it's him editing a oh. video for internet drama question mark like you don't know what number it is right and he's like, hey, do you want to do some promo? This is literally the video. Do you want to do some promo for the new song you just dropped? And he's like, uh, uh, I'm just editing something else. Uh, 
so what would I do for promo for this new song? And he's like, just tell people about it and they'll be interested. And he's like, what if they don't like it? And that is the struggle that we both have, like trying to be the creator who is true to themselves, but also is still keeping up with trends. And he's found the way which it's ingenious. He, he, he posted it as honest as he could. Like, yeah. you guys are all here because of internet drama. That's why you're here. But I've got other stuff to give you if you're ready to accept it. He literally, yeah, he unlocked it. Yeah. It makes me just want to, I don't know, grab another bottle of wine <laughs> or myself this, a glass just to I, toast I, to this man. I haven't been to many, been on many podcasts. Damn, my English is failing now. This is not a good sign. But um, this is one of the most difficult podcasts I've been on in a good way. Um, <clears throat> we, we only, you know, we, we're all just... Here we're just about um, hangovers, suffering, suffering. We no, we're also we're all literally suffering day to day life. This this is where we come. This is where we this is where we come to forget. This is you know what I I made no plans for tomorrow, and I'm glad I I made no plans for tomorrow. Well, just that. Here's here's to here's to creators that are are not afraid to try new stuff. That that is the, the the biggest thing is like when you're when you're afraid. That usually means it's 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 the best time to go. Who who cares? Like fuck it, you know. You have to like we're literally talking about some guy who just came up with a thirty second TikTok idea, and it was genius. I mean, I don't I don't like to throw around that word, but I mean it was it was it, it was though it was it haunts me in my sleep. I wake up every morning like. It's playing, and I'm just like, can this go? <laughs> like, okay. I'm just like, fuck you, dude. You just like, why are you so catchy? Jesus Christ, this is a uh, yeah. I mean, so where where do you like? What do you kind of work like? Where how are you guys able to do? take some of that kind of stuff and throw it into the other hood. Are you like, I mean, what are you kind of focused on right now? Like, are you kind of focusing on more of the editing? You know, it's, here's the thing. When you look at social media content creation in general, there isn't a content creator on this planet that can tell you, here's a formula to make something go viral. Here's the formula to make something right. like be good. And like usually that's like well. a fucking scam. Exactly. Know, like 400%. 400% a scam. So we're in a process where we are happy and willing to try new things. Um, for like the latest song, single, uh, latest song, single, both of them, uh, that we released, Sticky, that came out uh, a couple of months back, we created a bunch of memes for them. Hmm. Um, the majority of them stayed within our own little group chat because uh, they were too much for the internet. But <laughs> uh, commented a little bit too much on people's personal lives. But still... Um, it's 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 taking that step to kind of look at what we find interesting and look at what's kind of trending at the moment. So the the music video for Sticky very much is is our voice and our kind of image, and we're working on really doing that, really looking at hey, this is the other hood, and this is what we look like, this is what we sound like, and and really pushing the theme that we're a band, but we're also friends. And I think what we were talking about beforehand, when you look at like concerts and like the medleys and and the engagement that we have between each other, I honest to God wish I could tell you that when we go on stage that like, we plan half the stuff that goes on, but like, the only thing that's planned is the audio songs, and most of the time, the audio like gets messed up. a huge rapport going on. Though. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we so the, what was it, the Halloween concert we did, not last year, the year before, because COVID messed up a lot of concerts last year. Um, there was a rap battle that happened on stage, not one of those lyrics was written down before. I don't rap. I'm not a rapper. But <laughs> what happened was um, CJ was introducing his, uh, what was it? He was introducing the song Journey. And the song Journey basically is about his journey from the States to Spain and how much it's made him grow as a person and how he owes to his mother so much because she allowed him to do that. Yeah. In the sense that she really pushed him to do it. Um, so he's on stage being a sentiment, like sentimental and explaining this stuff. <laughs> and I turn to Milo, the keyboardist, or one of the keyboardists and say, hey, when he finishes talking all sentimental, play Rack City. 
Like that was that was it. So he's there saying, shout out to my mom, I love you. And then all of a sudden, boom, Rack City starts playing and he turns around. And I'm just there mumbling like, Rack City, ha, your mom's titties. And we went into a rap battle. And then was like, yo, like, where did you learn those bars? Like, how did you write them? I'm like, no, that happened in the moment. And that was super spontaneous. You can't rap battle with a rapper. Like, so that that's the biggest thing, finding your, 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 we're finding our voice on the internet. On stage, I feel that we've got it. And on the internet, we're really trying to push how we can transfer all of that nonsense and, and cut through the noise, I guess. I think we just have to start, you know, wearing more like thongs and, and like <laughs> doing more TikTok challenges. No, but I mean, uh, it, it's, it, it's so, I don't know, it, it it's so cool how you know, in, in a live setting, cause I think we're losing that. Like every day we go, we stray further and further away from God's musical light. You know, we, and a lot of other lights that he's giving out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we, you know, we kind of settle for, uh, just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to like, I don't like talking bad, like hating on people. I'm a little bit drunk now. <laughs> Listen, I'm struggling. So if you're not, I'd be very upset. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the thing, you know, like the camaraderie and that you guys can go up on stage and you can improvise like that. I mm. mean, this is something that is very difficult to find, to to be able to have like kind of like a brotherhood, a group of people that you can, you know, you can all play like off each other. It's a missing art, mm. and it's probably going to become. It, it, it'll be more and more as we, as we kind of fall deeper and deeper into the data and the analytics and like oh, yeah. what you know, when Samsung or Google talk about how they're they can, you know, their smart TVs can record your faces and your expressions like while you're watching a show to find out which parts of the show that you like are you know and you enjoy and stuff yep. like that everything's just we're just trying to do too much of like a psychoanalysis on everyone's you know concert experience and to circle back to your you know uh, terrible shows when you're 16 yeah there you know where there, it's like nothing of your own fault it just happens to be you know in the setting and if anything um it is kind of it's kind of about creating an experience where you know everyone can where if everyone's feeling the energy it doesn't really matter what the person is playing on the stage as long as it's genuine and as long as like they're creating like a type of a connection what i wanted to go to was um what i wanted to pinpoint was this you know this kind of moment that we had this last weekend where, where when it was like snowing in madrid for the first time <laughs> yeah, it was snowing. It was that's an understatement. That, a that, blizzard. It was, it was a whole blizzard. It was a full blizzard. And what it was the first time. And I'm sorry for anyone who's feeling shitty because of you know the quarantine and, and like the world is bad right now. I get it. But Madrid experienced something magical. 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 It was. It was like for the first time you weren't scared of people anymore. People weren't scared of people. Snow fights were happening. People, in my neighborhood, which is, I, I say rough in inverted commas because it's not that bad, but people don't say hi in my neighborhood. People look at you and they're like, I've seen you before and they keep it moving. And I went out the second day that it snowed and I every single person I saw was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, what is going on, dude? What is this? What magic is this? The the videos I like they're they 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 took over. You know, people went into the plaza and they just started playing um, old house music. Like na 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 na. You know, just everyone going crazy. It was like this it was is, beautiful, man. It was such a like you know you have one of those like hope for humanity. You know, oh, yeah, facing no. humanity restored type of a thing. Now it went back to no faith in humanity because it's all turned into ice and I slipped like three times <laughs> trying to buy alcohol this for this podcast. This is our age podcast. talking more than anything. Yeah, I almost like died trying to buy alcohol for this podcast. <laughs> I so, love you for buying this alcohol though. I love you for surviving and bringing it. <clears throat> but um, 
but I, you know, we, we, we experienced something special. It was, it reminded me of the moment that I saw Prince at Coachella and he was like, Coachella, um, this is officially the coolest place on the planet right now. Whoa. He said that. And no, it's he, not even that. He said that. He said that while you were there. I was there. That's the bigger point. And he threw the guitar out into the stands, into the audience. And I was like, oh my God, I am in the coolest place on <laughs> the planet right now. Shout out to Prince. Um, and that made, you know, it was like that. Like when you're walking around, you're just like, whoa, I'm, wit I'm witnessing something very unique here oh, yeah. with this, this thing. Um, by the way, Madrid is a arid desert um most of the time it's a very it's like a dry it's very dry very, very dry, dry up to the 40s which doesn't translate to celsius uh, for me right now um 40 degrees celsius which is like uh 100 degrees oh no you're saying in celsius yeah, it's a, it, it, it gets up to the 40s in the summer sorry yeah sorry. in the summer um <laughs> sorry <laughs> a little cross lost in translation exactly but um that you know, I fucking miss that stuff. Where, when will we ever come back to that? And if we'll ever come back to that. Well, those moments of a shared moment and in a huge crowd is what you're saying. Yeah. Do you, but do you think that, um, do you think that that's all going to, so, so here's a theory I have. So mm. we're all kind of stuck at home right now. We're yep. all doing the, you know, the social media thing and act. And I mean, it's, it, incredibly great way to advance forward and move you know there's a lot of um data and everything that shows that you know we're, we're heavily online right now but do you think we're going to kind of come out of this thing based on like our little snowy day and see i don't know maybe like this newfound appreciate like once we kind of come out of this COVID thing will we have this kind of appreciation for the real world especially Concerts. I mean, when was the last time you went to a concert? So they've started back up again this month, actually, funny enough. Hmm. The end of December, start of Jan is when they, they kind of kick back in. Will we have a newfound appreciation for things? Yes. Will it last for more than three months? No. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's that's the, the biggest issue with everything that's happened. And it, let's, let's I'm not put this out in the air. Like, I don't want this to happen, obviously. But let's assume that this were to last for longer than we expected. Let's say it lasts for three years. And that, again, that's not. I'm not putting it out there in the atmosphere. I'm saying it as a, a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. um, once the three years have passed, we would spend a total of three to six months saying this is the greatest thing ever to be able to have contact with people, to be able to hug someone without being worried that you're going to die. Um, like this is this is cool. But as human beings, like once something becomes a standard, hmm. we no longer celebrate it. We no longer get excited, excuse me, no longer excited about something that is the standard. So is that a problem? I mean, if you know it's gonna be like that, it's okay. Like, I know for a fact that tomorrow, they say everyone has been vaccinated, been go outside, it will be the greatest day that we've experienced in the past 400 days, for example. And everyone will go out and celebrate it and clubs will be full and people will be spending money but then reality hits again, and it's like, I need to wake up early for work. I need to pay bills. I need to do my stuff. So I appreciate it, but not the same way I was trying to appreciate it during, during quarantine. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think it's it's okay that like we get to a standard where we don't have to celebrate something that realistically is quite small. Going to a club shouldn't be celebrated. Yeah. No, After three, true. six months, if you were like, yo, man, we're going to a club, we're like... Calm down, man. Do you guys like, remember when we couldn't do this? <laughs> <laughs> like now when I watch like TV shows, I'm like, it, they're not wearing a mask. Mm. I, honest to God, want to get fiction. to the point where I don't have to worry about it. For me personally, as a, as a post-COVID warrior, I guess is what I'm going to call myself from now on. Did you get it? Yeah, man. Uh -huh. You didn't know. No. So like, my did Christmas, you get the whole my, shebang? And... I got the full shebang. I got COVID. I can tell you the dates. I got COVID. I got tested and, and tested positive on the 16th Actually, of December. Actually, but um, just so you know, we, we test COVID for everyone that comes in here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm negative. Now I'm good. I'm, I'm smooth. I'm smooth. So I'm living life. But no, I um, it was the 16th of, of December. So I had to do a 10-day quarantine from the 16th to the 26th. 
which isn't really relevant until you realize that Christmas, my Christmas day was literally waking up and going, I'm in the same house I was yesterday and I can't go out and get, you can't go out and get special food. Like I'm quarantining. So, but like, did you lose your taste? And I lost taste for a total of twenty four hours. It oh. was the weirdest thing losing it, and it was the weirdest thing gaining it back. Because when I lost it, I didn't realize I'd, I I lost smell first and then taste. You got lucky though, because like oh, got a lot of people lucky. like got like two months or something. Here's the here's the thing, and I'm not gonna get into this too much because it, COVID is not something that we really need to focus on, but. My issue with what I've had is my 10-day quarantine, the initial point where you get it, which is what everyone talks about, was very light. I had the smoothest experience with corona, and the only reason why I knew is because my friend tested positive, and he texted everyone that he'd been in contact with within the last two weeks, say, hey, maybe you should get tested. I went to go get tested out of um, just being responsible. Like, I, I'm a freelancer. I, I meet lots of different people all day, every day. So it's not, it would be very stupid for me for not to, to not get tested. And the result was positive. So I've done my 10 days in quarantine and that's all good. But uh, I lost taste and smell for 24 hours. Um, other than that, I had like a, a, a slight cold, but it was minus 11 here like last week. So it's not too crazy to have a slight cold. Right. Um, after the 10 days quarantine, like I've been hit with like fatigue and... I'm sleeping on average like 12 hours a day. Well, still. Yeah, and this is what when I was in early, mid, mid-January, mid basically, and there's days where I wake up and go straight back to sleep. And it's not like, oh, you, yeah, man, you're so lazy. Like, my body literally is just like, hey, it feels like you slept three hours. You should sleep some more. Wow. So. Um, That's really interesting. The after effects of... Um COVID seemed to be really weird, but yeah. this isn't a COVID show. No, that's all that aside. Like, I'm good. Aside, Life is great, and it's getting better because what, we what, have to get better. What do we, as artists and creatives, because we're we're all trying to get to that, you know, because we're all trying to break that threshold. You know, there's mm. like we're lit- there's literally um, the there's there's the guys at the top, you know, one, and and once you break into that, you know, it, it's not saying it's smooth sailing, but you, you know, you kind of, you're, you're in the flow. And then there's the, you know, you're constantly working on your craft. You're constantly getting better. You're constantly trying to improve yourself and everything like that. Where, you know, like where, where, where do you feel like you've been at this? Where does 2021 feel for you right now? And like, what do you, what do you want to go for? 2020 allowed me to put a lot of things in perspective, me personally, uh, in terms of business, in terms of the band, a lot of things. And the biggest thing that it taught me was your online presence is not your offline presence. Hmm. In the sense that as a band, you could be releasing songs every single week for a whole year. Awesome. But that doesn't mean that you've been making those songs every single week. Yeah. And it's more looking into, I want to do X. X could be um, uploading four songs a week, uploading four songs a month, whatever it is. How do I do that? Looking deeper into the offline presence and looking deeper into us as a band, how we can do things. 2020 kind of showed us that like, hey, we've got 24 hours in a day, which we knew before, but now we're stuck at home. How do you do a concert? Why are stuck at home? What equipment do you need? Hmm. Okay, it's expensive. How can we make it cheaper? Okay, it's difficult to get to a big audience. How do we get to a big audience? All of these weird questions that were in the back of your mind suddenly come to the front of your mind, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to deal with these. So for 2021, it's more a case of using all the skills and abilities and, and, and resources that we have in a useful way. Hmm. If we're able to create video content or, 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 or musical content or audio content um, over the next two, three months, then we can release that over a period of six, seven, eight months kind of thing. Content is king. Content is king, but consistency is even more so. Right. And that's the biggest, our biggest flaw as a band right now, my biggest flaw as a content creator right now, is you don't have to create the greatest song every day. Or yeah. every week or every... Like, you can create a great song, but it may not, never take off. And you have to accept that. Yeah. You have to be okay with that. But the same way when we're talking about Lub- Lubanin 
I guess we're going to call him now. Um, a song that he didn't create to become viral, he created because he found it funny, he found it hilarious, he found it kind of different, became viral. So it kind of hones in the fact that it's important for you to have material ready, ready to be uploaded. Don't upload or don't create content because, okay, next week we should upload something because we haven't uploaded anything. No, make a, make like batch make content. And that's what our 2021 is looking like. Hey, everyone sit down. Let's see what we can create as a band, even though we're stuck at home. And if we can meet up, then awesome. Wearing masks and social distancing, all that kind of stuff. But um, we need to stop with the mentality that now that we've met up, let's make seven songs and start with the mentality that, hey, it's January. By March, we need to have four songs and they need to be in this style. Hmm. Let's get to work. That is a goal that's way more achievable than a ridiculous goal of we met up on a Tuesday. Let's see if we can make seven. That You're not going to make seven songs on a Tuesday. And if you do, they're going to be okay. They're not going to be yeah. great. The goal, yeah, the goal is is to put yourself out there as much, be consistent about it. And you never know. Yeah, you never know what's going to break. I don't really have a good insight for that, but because there's no way to predict that you're going to go viral, but... No. And and when you do... No one can say I went viral knowing I was going to viral. Someone can say I made an album that was really good and I knew people were going to receive it well. That is a is, is an honest truth. But to make a song or to make a single, to make a, a, a video for that song single and say, yeah, this I knew this was going to viral. You, you, no, there's no way. There's no algorithm for it. There's no calculus for it. What's your what's 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 uh, the next thing you guys have lined up right now? Oh, that I can't tell you. Can't tell that I can't tell you. No, there, the main reason why we are have not really been public with a lot of our plans is because, and this is the same for all content creators, some plans don't work out. Yeah, and when they don't work out, it's kind of like, hey, you promised this, and why didn't why didn't you deliver? Broken promises. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be cyberpunked. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> reference ever um i mean shout out to the cyberpunk team because they hey they, I, they did what they could in the time constraints they had because they were forced cyberpunk they were forced the, to do it shout out to cyberpunk and stadia because that's where i'm playing it and it's fucking awesome <laughs> so if you got stadia you're cool if you got this, ps4 this man just said yeah let me stab you in the neck and then put a band-aid on it and say yeah that's good but um well, saying basically the whole point is that you want to be in a position where you've created enough content, you can see more or less what you're doing is being received well, and you go like you tweak it as as you go on. But what you can't do, which is what we've done in the past, is woken up and said, "Hey, we need to make something for Friday because our sing our singles being released on Friday. So, what content can we can we create?" And we kind of grab videos from here and there and put them together, and it's like eh, this, this will do. And as much as you think this will do, imagine what your audience thinks. Your audience is just like, oh, it's a video that kind of describes yeah. some things. When you put heart into it and it's a weekly thing or it's a monthly thing or whatever it is, have a frequency, have a, um, whatever frequency you want to put behind it, um, people love it. I don't know why this is a, a thing that's part of kind of psychology or human nature is. If you know that Dwyer, the producer, uploads Wednesday beats every single Wednesday. So it's something I anticipate. Exactly. But if you were to someone who uploaded once a week, but one day it's on Monday, the next week it's on Thursday, the next week on, on, on Friday, whatever, you have less of a following. People like consistency. People like things that don't change. Like human beings, as much as they love to talk about, hey, change is great, change is yeah. good. They like simple things that can be followed. Yeah. So it's, it's it's following that basically, knowing that people like things that don't change too much. You can change the content, but the consistency can't change. You're uploading weekly, upload weekly. You're uploading monthly, upload monthly. But you need it needs to be something people can come back and say, "Yo, it's Thursday." That means these guys have probably uploaded something. They know that it's there. I think I think that is the the perfect note to end on right here. Consistency is key and get the schedule down. It doesn't matter what 
gimmick or, you know, thing that you have to pull through, it's going, if as long as you can find that niche and it can be a niche, it doesn't have, you, you don't have to shoot for the stars exactly. here. You know, it's just gotta be something that if you, if, if, if you're just going to upload something every Tuesday, it's eventually it's probably going to hit. Exactly. And if it doesn't become viral within the first two weeks, that's also okay. It's also okay. Like this podcast that no one's listening to. This yet. man, okay, let me let me let me jump in real quick here. This man is fearful of something that he hasn't tried yet. You can't be fearful of something you haven't tried. And that's why you you know that you gotta try things that you're afraid to do. That's right. That's right. I love you, man. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me and feeding me with your alcohol. That was probably a bad idea on your choice, the second the second part. No, no, no. You'll feel great tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for coming on. Ken and the other hood. And um, hey, how do, how do people... Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, predominantly, I'm a videographer, but still, I, I post stuff about my music stuff as well. Um, and it's hello... The pronunciation is actually echo, but it's echo. E-K-O-W. Perfect. I'll post the links up on there as well. And um, see you guys next time.